This is a CNA podcast. Are you humming along? I am. That tune is unmistakable. When you hear it, you know exactly what it means. Chinese New Year is here. For me, it conjures up images of food, so much food, family, fireworks. COVID nineteen put a pause on those celebrations for three years, but now they're back. Hello, welcome to CNA Correspondent. I'm your host Teresa Tang. This episode is going to be a fun one. I chat with our Taiwan correspondent Victoria Jen and Hong Kong correspondent Deborah Wong about their favorite spring festival memories and how this year's celebrations are different as COVID-19 restrictions ease. Happy Year of the Rabbit, Vic and Deb. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> All right, let's get personal now. I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and growing up, my mom always steamed fish. We had red decorations throughout the house, but it was a pretty quiet affair because you know it was just my immediate family. Though I remember in primary school, I would actually take those hongbaos or those red packages, and I would fill them with golden chocolate coins, those wrapped in foil, and pass them to my classmates, many who were not Asian. I also gave one to my teacher, and they thought it was such a cool holiday because they received this edible money. <laughs> What was Chinese New Year like for you growing up, Vic? Well, what I was really looking forward to was gambling because, <laughs> as kids, we weren't allowed to gamble, and only during Chinese New Year's that kids were allowed to gamble. And it's a Chinese tradition, and it's also my family tradition that we have to gamble during Chinese New Year. And my mom told me that if you win, it means you will have a prosperous year, and if you lose, the money you lost would keep you from harm's way. So. Either way, you would have a good year. So I would take my hongbao money as my gambling money, and then、um, we play dice, we <laughs> play cards. It's like a little casino at home. My parents would play the house, and they would try to let us win and to make us happy. And so after that, we would use the money to buy firecrackers. And my brothers and I would pretend that we were fighting a war, and then these firecrackers are. Ammunitions and that we can use to kill our enemies. So those are the memories that I still have, remembering from my childhood. Vic, did you know your parents were letting you win those games? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Deb, you're laughing.、Uh, what was your fondest memory this time of year when you were young? Was gambling a part of it too? Gambling was a huge part of it. Well, because. My family, we love to play mahjong, but we only were allowed to play mahjong as kids. You know, same as Vic when Chinese New Year rolled around. But I ended up losing all my money to my grandma, anyways. So <laughs> for me, really, the fondest memories I've had of Chinese New Year is definitely the food, because I think that was when I realized how different cooking styles were across the dialect groups in Singapore. So, like for instance, my mom's side is Cantonese, and my grandma was really fond of making steamed and roasted dishes. I remember there was always going to be steamed prawns, Chinese mushroom and black fungus, steamed codfish. And then you have the roasted pork. Whenever it comes out of the oven, you know we would just salivate. And she would <laughs> always make yusheng from scratch, and that was really a lot of hard work. But it was super fresh every time we tossed it to welcome the new year. 
and on my dad's side, because uh, we are Teochew Peranakan, the food was a lot richer and there was a heavier gravy and all that. And so whenever we had reunion dinners, we always had braised duck, curries, nohyang, it's a type of pork and vegetable beancurt roll, and there was always nonya zaptai. So yeah, different types of food, and that was the most memorable, you know, my, my waistline always expands a couple of inches every time <laughs> after that. Yeah, so much heart goes into the preparation of food this time of year. But then, of course, came COVID-19, and never would anyone have imagined that meeting family, particularly elderly relatives, would be a health risk. People actually fearful that getting too close to their grandparents could be dangerous for them. Vic, how did the pandemic impact your plans and that of other Taiwanese? Well, aside from traveling abroad, I must say that the pandemic didn't really impact my life as much as some other people because here in Taiwan, there wasn't any lockdown. So we were able to move about freely. And I was able to go to work and go to interviews and do stories. And I have to say that I feel very fortunate that I still have a job and I was still able to work because a lot of people lost their jobs during the pandemic and a lot they have lost a big chunk of their income because of the pandemic especially in the tourism related industry now it's estimated that three million people work in the sector so you can imagine how many lives have been affected because of the pandemic but fortunately business are gradually returning to normal and so are our lives and I spoke to some on the street and then they said that they can't wait for the economy to pick up steam in the year of the rabbit. So let's hear what they had to say. I wish for a better economy, make more money from my investment because I lost quite a bit of money last year. I hope for a better career and better economy so everyone can make more money. Yeah, money clearly a priority for many people this year, Victoria. Deb, unfortunately, though, the pandemic stole precious years from some families with loved ones, both young and old, who passed away without ever making that rescheduled reunion dinner. Not just death, but sickness set in for many as well. Yeah, it's very surreal because, you know, this time last year, Hong Kong was just beginning its fifth COVID wave and it ended up being the most intense wave yet. And I remember having to serve 21 days of quarantine because that was around the time I also arrived in the city. In fact, my first day out of quarantine was the eve of Chinese New Year. And you would think that in a dense Asian city like Hong Kong, it would be bustling, but it was very quiet. The streets were super quiet because many shops were shut. And I remember hearing announcements of uh, the annual flower fairs, which is, you know, usually the most vibrant Lunar New Year fair, Chinese New Year fair, sorry. Uh, they were cancelled across all 15 districts and restaurants at that time were banned from operating after 6pm. So essentially, there was no banquets could be held, no reunion dinners outside could be held. Even if families could still gather at home, you know, many of them chose not to because around that time, there was a large proportion of senior citizens who were not vaccinated. And there was also very fatal outbreaks happening across elderly care homes. And instead of a reunion, I remember some families had to wait outside hospitals to bury their dead instead. So it was a very surreal sight. And that was just in Hong Kong alone. You know, residents here, they, they couldn't travel back to the mainland to visit their relatives. In fact, one of my friends said he missed the chance to say goodbye to his grandma in Guangzhou because she died last year. 
So this Chinese senior, he's actually going to be booking tickets to head back across the border to pay respects with his family. And this year, we are seeing a big shift in the mood because the border between Hong Kong and China just reopened. So people are visibly more cheerful. You know, the streets are coming back to life. In fact, when I exited my apartment today, everything was splashed in red <laughs> decorations. You know, definitely you, you feel the mood coming back after an intense year of restrictions. People are definitely a lot more prepared to handle COVID. Now the virus is not serious. People are also vaccinated and many already have had the virus. They're immune now. So I think going out is quite safe if we just put on the mask to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Yeah, last Chinese New Year, I remember some people here in Singapore, they were gathering in small groups because the government allowed that at the time. But I was still so nervous about it. I had just delivered my son and I was in confinement and I was very glad that I actually had an excuse not to go out. Okay, time for a short break. When we return, we talk to Vic and Deb about how people and businesses geared up for the festive celebrations this year. Are you looking for ways to make your money work harder for you or need tips on saving, investing and making financial decisions? Join me, Sarah Alcaldi, on Money Talks, CNA's top personal finance podcast. From investment basics to the FIRE movement and legacy planning, I look at financial trends and news stories that matter to you. Check out our complete playlist on the CNA app, Apple and Google Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us or subscribe for new weekly episodes. Welcome back. What you just heard was a video I filmed in 2012 when I lived in Beijing. I was on the 18th floor balcony of my friend's apartment and it just struck midnight and you can hear the relentless explosion of fireworks. As far as the eye could see, a canopy of screeching lights and smoke that went on for hours. Fireworks and also flowers, Deb, they are staples for Chinese New Year. And Hong Kong's floral markets are back in full force, aren't they? With the border, as you mentioned, between Hong Kong and the mainland open now, Tell us about businesses. Have they seen a surge in sales this year? Oh yeah, definitely. The streets are more vibrant. Unlike last year, I see a lot more decorations on the streets and office lobbies. Whenever I come into work in the morning, there is this huge peach blossom that is set right in the middle of the lobby. And unfortunately, I keep jabbing my face into it because it's just really um, <laughs> all out. You know, people are really going all out here. And one thing that stands out really is the abundance of peach blossoms and these little orange trees, which we call cut in Cantonese. And both symbolize prosperity, abundance and lots of the very popular items that you normally see around. So we visited some flower farms in the New Territories and Peach Blossom Farmer said he's already sold about uh, some 90% of his crop since a month back and sales has actually gone up by at least 10%. So pretty good sales so far. And we also headed down to flower fairs, specifically the one at Victoria Park. So Victoria Park usually sees a lot of people, but because 
the announcement that Flower Fest could resume this year came a little bit too late. Uh, we are only seeing a very slow recovery. Not a lot of vendor booths up at the moment. You know, the crowd was not as um, huge as before because many farmers couldn't prepare their stock in time. So it is large, it is still vibrant, but we are still seeing very slow uptick at the moment. But one thing that's definitely picking up is the food scene. You know, ever since Hong Kong lifted most of its COVID restrictions in December, there's no capacity limit on groups dining out at restaurants. We are definitely seeing a lot of restaurants being booked out. Chinese New Year, it's a time for families to take holidays, right, Vic? That's right. With the ease of travel returning, many are heading out, and that means hotels are making up for lost time. Oh, yes, that's right. A lot of families took the opportunity to travel to around different parts of Taiwan, and the occupancy rate for most hotels has exceeded 90%. And some say that they are actually better than before the pandemic. Now, on the one hand, that they're happy that the business are returning, but on the other, at least 60% of the hotels said that they're struggling with labor shortage because at the height of the pandemic, a lot of the people were laid off. And so now that the business have returned, that they're scrambling to try to recruit new employees to serve their customers. And especially with the housekeeping part, they said that they are shorthanded by 70%. So some hotel managers even have to do it themselves by going to the rooms and clean the rooms and make the beds themselves. And oh, wow. Yeah, that is pretty incredible. So I did a story on this and we went to this amusement park in Taichung City and it was full of people at the time. And I also, I did my first PTC on a roller coaster. Now, <laughs> it was very exciting. For listeners who don't know, PTC is a piece to camera. So when you see the reporter and Vicky, you were on the roller coaster. <laughs> That's right. I was I was riding on the roller coaster. It was my first time, yeah, doing it live <laughs> in front of a camera. And... I have to say it was very exciting the first time around. But you know, with television, you need to have different angles of different shots, <laughs> right? So we actually have to write it three times, three times, okay, on the roller coasters. So by the third time, I, I was just glad that I didn't puke my brains out. <laughs> the things you do for your job. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up this podcast with some rapid fire questions. So in five words or less, I'm going to ask you a few things. Vic, you go first and Deb, you can answer right after. First off, your favorite Chinese New Year dish. It's mullet roll for sure. For me, it's crispy sambal prawn spring rolls. Oh, both are, they sound delicious. Uh, next, a personal Chinese New Year tradition. I usually write my New Year resolution on Chinese New Year. And of course, the first one this year is to lose 3 kg. <laughs> Deb? Um, well, mine is losing to my grandma in Mahjong because I just want to make her happy. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. And finally, your wish for this year of the rabbit. Well, mine is peace across the Taiwan Strait. Oh, wow. That's a big ask. Because okay. I'm not sure if I'm ready to be a war correspondent yet. <laughs> 
Okay, mine's a little bit milder. Mine is that the borders remain open because it's just been so incredibly difficult to pursue stories in China or even shuttle back and forth Singapore and Hong Kong. So yeah, that the borders remain open and that politicians don't go back on their word. <laughs> That's a good one too. Deb and Vic, thank you so much for this. That was a lot of fun. Wishing you both as well as our listeners a very happy and prosperous Chinese New Year. Happy New Year, Teresa. Happy New Year, Teresa. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> the TV version of CNA Correspondent airs on CNA every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Catch up with them anytime on cna.asia and follow this podcast version so you'll know when a new episode is out. The team behind this episode is Jacqueline Chan, Clara Ong, Crispina Robert, and me, Teresa Tang. <laughs>